What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. It feels great to be back. Today is Tuesday, June 25th. I hope all you guys are having a positive mindset, keeping a positive mindset. Hope all you guys are working hard. Hope all you guys are enjoying life because that is what life's about. Sadly, we are not here forever, so don't take life for granted, man. Just live it to the fullest every day because we never know when our time is up. So just enjoy yourself while you're here in this life with your family, your friends, and your loved ones. Don't put too much weight and impact on the negative things. Just worry about your blessings and count your blessings. With that being said, it feels so good to be back. Uh, Forgive me for taking a couple days off, but I'm back. As always, you know the grind always is continuing it never stops it's a marathon not a sprint with that being said today i want to come and talk to you guys about um the draft recapping the draft um since i haven't gotten to that yet and recapping the nba awards that took place last night so let's start off with the draft um the draft happened i believe last thursday um and so let me just run into the lottery real quick as we all expected the pelicans took zion at number one really good fit there of course, the Grizzlies, they traded Mike Conley. They dropped the, uh, their point guard of the future, and they're probably the face of their franchise along with Jaron Jackson and John Morant. Um, the Knicks take R.J. Barrett, which was expected, of course. The Hawks draft DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, who was originally, that pick was actually the Lakers' original pick, but they traded it for the Anthony Davis trade. So the Hawks end up with, with DeAndre Hunter. Um, then you have the Cavaliers, John Beeline, new head coach, drafts point guard Darius Garland, which is kind of weird because they already have Colin Sexton. And it's not that they're necessarily the same type of player, but they both are kind of combo guards. You can really put both of them at the point guard or the shooting guard. So I guess it kind of makes sense in a sense. But, you know, we'll see how he does with both of those young and up and coming guards. The Chicago Bulls took Kobe White. I mean, no, excuse me. At number six, the Timberwolves took Jared Culver. That pick was originally the Suns pick. Um, The Timberwolves got pretty good player in Jared Culver. I think he's going to be a pretty, pretty good player in the league, especially for the Timberwolves because they kind of need a player like him that can play offense and defense. Um, Then the Bulls selected Kobe White, which I believe is a very underrated pick, not necessarily by the media and people looking at it, but, but just because... Uh, how good Kobe White is. Kobe White is a very talented point guard that can shoot it, score, facilitate, whatever the case may be. He can really do it all. He's really a Swiss Army knife. Kobe White is a very good point guard. I think he's going to be playing for the Chicago Bulls for a long time, hopefully. I think he's a very, very good pick. Another good pick was the number eight pick, which was originally the Hawks pick, but ended up being the Pelicans pick. They selected Jackson Hayes from Texas. Now, this dude was honestly very underrated for most of his career. He didn't really get on the national radar until he was up at Texas this past year. I believe he only played one year at Texas under Shaka Smart as a freshman. He was really good. I actually watched them play us, my Spartans of Michigan State, um, at the Las Vegas Invitational. I believe that was in November of last year. And he was definitely, you can definitely tell he was a first-round pick. And obviously a lottery pick. Um, he has all the tools. He's 6'10". He's going to be really fun to play alongside of Zion Williamson. Believe me when I say that. Because the Pelicans already lost Anthony Davis. They're more than likely going to lose Julius Randle. So you pretty much have an open front court. Now you're going to put in Zion Williamson. And then you're going to put in Jackson Hayes. Those are going to be two really good big men for a long time if they stay together. Um, 
And then with the number nine pick, the Wizards select Roy Hachimura from Gonzaga, which was kind of a, a weird pick. Nobody really knew who the Wizards were going to get because obviously they need a lot. After John Wall and Bradley Beal, they really need everything else. They need floor spacers, 3 and D guys, post players. So they decided to go with a post player who can actually stretch it, stretch the floor a little bit with this mid-range game, um, can shoot it from the three a little bit, but Hachimura is a pretty good player. I can, I can see him definitely being a long-term project prospect, excuse me, or a project, shall I say. Um, give him time. I think his game will develop. I don't think he's going to come out the gate being a real impact player, but if you give him a few years to learn NBA basketball and how the league works, I think he's going to be a pretty solid player for the Wizards. And then probably the most surprising pick um, throughout the draft, in the lottery at least, was number 10, the Phoenix Suns selected Cam Johnson out of North Carolina. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not have Cam Johnson. I didn't make a mock draft. I, I never really do because I think, you know, picks like this tell you why I don't do mock drafts because you never truly know what a franchise is thinking about drafting. Um, and so the Suns went with Cam Johnson. But like I said, I did not. I don't think anybody really had him in the lottery like at all. But supposedly he had a very good workout in Phoenix. He was shooting the ball lights out, which is not surprising whatsoever because he was a lights out shooter at North Carolina and at Pittsburgh where he first went before he transferred to North Carolina. Cam Johnson is a really good player. Um, He's about six, seven, small forward. He's just talented. He really is talented. He's a four-year player in college. Um, And we'll see how he pans out with the Phoenix Suns. Um, So congrats to him. Then you have number 11, the Hornets got another really good pick. They've drafted really good for the past couple years in the lottery. Um, Two years ago, they drafted Malik Monk. Um, and Dwayne Bacon, and then last year they drafted my boy Miles Bridges, shout out to Miles, and then this year they got P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington is a really, really good player. I think he's going to have a really long and successful NBA career. Hopefully no injuries happen to any of these players, but P.J. Washington is a player I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes on for a long, long time. Then at number 12, the Miami Heat, another Kentucky player got drafted, Tyler Hero, which is also a very good pick. Due to the fact that the Heat are losing D-Wade, obviously a legend in the NBA, um, he's retiring. Now they have, um, they still have Goran Dragic. They still have, um, what's dude's name from um, Jordan, or what's his name? Oh, what's dude's name from Tennessee? Is it Richardson? Something Richardson. Jordan or Jason Richardson? Uh, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Really good player from Tennessee. He's one of the better defender players, defensive players in the league. You have Deion Waiters, who we don't know what's going to happen with him. I believe he's a free agent. Um, and he's always, sadly, I love Deion Waiters. He's a bucket in the league, but he's always hurt. So I think Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher did a really good job drafting with Tyler Hero with a 12 pick. And then rounding out the, less, the rest of the lottery, excuse me, is the Celtics pick. They ended up taking Romeo Langford, which is a pretty good pick, even though they have a lot of wing players already. Romeo's a 6'6 bucket that can really score from anywhere. Um, a lot of people question his motor in college, his attitude towards the game, but I wouldn't really worry about that too much, especially when you're playing for a historic and story franchise as the Boston Celtics are. So I wouldn't really worry about that. So that's my recap of the lottery. Now, some news um, regarding the draft that was kind of surprising to me was that the Heat ended up selecting Bobo, who, who was in the green room, with the 44th pick, he was the last person in the green room. He ended up going, he was originally drafted to the Heat, but the Heat traded the pick to the Nuggets. And I love this move because Denver, we all know, 
Um, it has a really young and talented team. They were the second best team in the West record-wise this past season. Ended up losing to Portland in seven games. Um, and that's only to me, they only lost to Portland because they're inexperienced. But give this team a couple more years, they're going to be really good. And you're going to add Michael Porter, who they drafted last year, who had that back injury, who then had back surgery, which made him sit out the entire season this year. And now they're going to get Bobo, who a lot of people, I think a lot of people are just sleeping on Bobo because... Um, the injuries he's had, he has, you know, being that size and being that skinny, he's about 7'2". I forgot his weight, but he's really skinny and, and frail and thin. Being that size, it's it's easy to get injured. And I can see why a lot of teams pass up on him, but it's a low-risk, high-reward situation. You got to look at long-term, see how you can develop him, see if you can get him stronger. He's really talented. He is really a unicorn if you let him be it. But you have to take a chance on him. And I think the Nuggets were so smart in doing that. I don't know who the Nuggets GM is, the general manager. Um, but their head coach, Mike Malone, I don't know who their owner is. But whoever decides to draft Bobo is smart. Like I think it's going to really pay off. I think you just have to give a kid a chance and motivate him and, and instill confidence into him. And I think Bobo can be a really, really good NBA player. Even better than his dad, Manute Bobo. I think he can be a lot better than his dad. And that's no offense to him. Rest in peace. Um, some other news. The Blazers selected Nazir Little with the 25th pick. Now, this, I'm not going to lie to y'all, surprised me. Because I'm not going to lie to y'all, Nazir Little, a little bit over a year ago, him and Zion Williamson were in the McDonald's All-American game, which is one of the best All-American games in the country. Probably the best All-American game in the country. And I said it right there. Nazir Little is better than Zion Williamson. But that wasn't necessarily the case in college because Nazir went to a school where he was the fourth, maybe even the fifth option on that team after Kobe White, Kenny Williams, Cam uh, Johnson, Luke May. I'd say Nazir Little was the fifth option on that team, and he didn't even start. I believe he came off the bench for a majority of the games. And I just think the college game wasn't necessarily for him, and college is not for everybody, so don't get it twisted. I wouldn't hold anything against him. I think, honestly, as great of a coach that Roy Williams is, I think he did hold him back slightly. Not saying that he completely, you know, fluctuated his game or anything, but I just feel like, you know, he didn't really get to show off his full arsenal while he was at North Carolina. And the Blazers getting him might end up just paying off because we all know the Blazers for the for however many years, six, seven years, however many years Dame has been in the league, the Blazers have pretty much been the same team. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and then it's the rest of the team. They never really had that third option that can get them over the hump in beating a team like the Warriors. And I think Nazir Little could, I'm not saying he will, but he definitely could be that third option that the Blazers have been missing for forever now. And like I said, this might just end up paying off in the long run. Just give us some time. Um, some more draft news. My sleepers. If you remember my sleepers, uh, my NBA draft sleepers, I did three players. One was Shamori Pons, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, the other was... Um, Daniel Gafford. So my sleepers were Daniel Gafford, Shamori Pons, and um, Kevin Porter Jr. So um, the Bulls ended up selecting Daniel Gafford with the 38th pick, which is a pretty good fit for him. I think Gafford is going to fit in well with the Bulls. I think he's a, definitely a good player. He's one of those players that you call a horsey. He's a rim runner. He's a shot blocker. Does a little bit of everything as a low post player. All right, all he has to do right now is just expand his game out to the three-point line, and he'll be really solid. Um, and then the Kevin Porter Jr., John Beeline ended up drafting him with the last pick in the first round. That's the 30th pick. 
Um, I think that's a good place for him too. You know, uh, Cleveland, the Cavs right now are young and up and coming team. They're rebuilding. They're currently in the rebuilding mode. Um, obviously LeBron left last year. And so now you got to build, you're building around a new coach, a whole new atmosphere. You got to get some players. And so they drafted Darius Garland and they add Kevin Porter Jr. I think it's a really good draft class for coach Beeline. I think he's going to be able to develop these players, make them better. And, you know, Cleveland, they won't necessarily be a threat in the East for, you know, a couple of years, but I think they're definitely headed in the right direction to becoming a better team. Um, and then Shamori Pons sadly did not get drafted, but he has agreed on a multi-year deal with the Houston Rockets. Um, I believe he will play. Um, I believe it's a two, it's a two way deal, which is mean he'll be playing G league, some games, and then sometimes he'll be playing in the actual NBA games. And I know for sure he should be playing on the summer league squad, um, for the Rockets. So stay tuned for that. I believe summer league is about two weeks away, maybe next week. Um, forgive me for that, but yeah, definitely be tuned in to summer league two because it's going to be more than interesting this year. Um, and then the Clippers get Florida state's duo. Um, I actually like this pick, both these picks, the Clippers ended up drafting two Florida state boys. They got fondue cabin Gelly, who was the nephew of the, uh, Matumbo or Dikembe Matumbo, which is a really good pick. He's about six, nine. I believe he's a six ten wing. Like he, Really good player, really good jumper, really solid jumper. Um, and then they got Terrence Mann, who was a six, six eight, six nine player also. You know, Florida State loves them long, lanky dudes that can just get up and down the floor and guard. They got um, Fondu Kevin Ge Gelly with the 27th pick, and they got Terrence Mann with the 48th pick. Jerry West and Doc Rivers are really smart. I think both these players could possibly make the roster, even though it's not, you know, it's, I believe it's only a 15-man roster, but... They're both going to be really effective because they're both two really good players. Leonard Hamilton did a great job of developing both these players and turning them into NBA draft picks. And just credit to them and credit to the Clippers because they really did what they were supposed to do. Um, lastly, on the NBA draft is that the Hawks ended up getting Cam Reddish, which I'm happy. I forgot what the actual pick was. I believe it was somewhere in the 17 through 20 range. But that's also another good pick, too. Cam Reddish is going to fit in just fine. It was actually revealed that he's been playing with some hurt ribs. Um, like supposedly he's gonna miss a majority of summer league. I think I believe, or he's you know currently. I know he's currently rehabbing right now, but once he gets fully healthy, he's gonna be a big addition to the Hawks. Believe me when I tell you that the Hawks are definitely in the right, headed in the right direction with Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Huerter, Amari Spellman. They have a really good team that they are developing and free agents are definitely going to be looking and interested in Atlanta because they're going to have two max free agency spots open next year. They have a whole bunch of good players that they've built from the ground up by drafting them, and they're just really in a good place. So shout out to the Atlanta Hawks. And that is it for the NBA draft recap. Now, let's get to the NBA awards, which took place last night out here in LA at Santa Monica. Um, Where should we start at? So let's start with Maddie Johnson and Larry Bird, last night they were they were awarded the NBA Lifetime Achievement Award, which is just pretty much an award for, you know, the greatest NBA players out there. They both won it together, which is really good. We got to appreciate Magic and Larry while they're here. They changed the game. They redefined the game. They made the NBA a much better place. They made it pretty much what it is today, aside from, you know, the Bill Russells, the Jerry West. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, Magic and Larry were a huge influence on the NBA. So shout out to them for receiving that NBA Lifetime Achievement Award. Definitely a big time thing. Um, moving on, 
Um, House of Highlights has an award called the Moment of the Year. It ended up going to D. Rose, scoring 50 points against the Utah Jazz on Halloween night. I will never forget that night. I will never forget the podcast I did for that. If you know me, D. Rose is my favorite player of all time. Barring all the injuries and everything, he could have been, he probably was one of the greatest point guards in the NBA. And the fact that he still came back and bounced back after multiple knee injuries to both knees, to people telling him to quit, to his own family doubting him, and he came back and dropped 50 points. That was one of the most inspirational moments in my entire life, and I will never forget that. Him doing that on Halloween night was just something I could never forget. Shout out to D-Rose for that. And then Robin Roberts um, was awarded the Sager Strong Award. Shout out to Craig Sager, man. Rest in peace to Craig Sager. Definitely a legend in the NBA, one of the best to ever do it. I remember when he was going through that cancer stuff, and it was just it's so it was so sad to see because he was just an icon of mine. Um, but they ended up giving it to Robin Roberts, who was a cancer survivor and one of the strongest women on the planet. Gave a very powerful message. If you get a chance, go listen to that message because I don't want to rephrase it, but and mess it up. But it was definitely powerful and strong as I was watching. So shout out to Robin Roberts. Um, and then the actual awards. The NBA award. So defensive player of the year was awarded to Rudy Gobert. It is now back-to-back defensive player of the years for Rudy Gobert. Shout out to Rudy Gobert. I didn't really see a lot of people um, being mad at this pick. Rudy Gobert is definitely probably the best shot blocker in the NBA right now. And just overall the best defensive big man in the league. And he can really guard guards, which is very astonishing. But he can. So shout out to Rudy Gobert for that. Um, Excuse me. Coach of the year. Ended up going to the, the Milwaukee Bucks, Mike Budenholzer, which I've seen a lot of people arguing about. You could definitely make an argument for a lot of coaches out there. You know, you had Doc Rivers, coached the Clippers to a really good season. Nate McMillan, who was, probably should have deserved it, in my opinion, who lost his best player in the middle of the season, I believe, and still got his team to the playoffs in the Indiana Pacers. You got Nick Nurse. First year as a head coach, he goes straight to the finals and beats the Warriors in six games. Um, and those those were probably my three. Mike Budenholzer did a really good job. Don't get it twisted. They had the best record, I believe, in the NBA. I know for sure they had the best record in the East. Um, they played really well. Or did they? Uh, yeah, I believe they did have the best record in the East. They were the number one seed, I believe. But, you know, they played really good. The Bucks did a really good job. Budenholzer made a, a lot of really good adjustments throughout the playoffs, even though they ended up losing. And so you just can't really you can't blame the committee for giving it to Budenholzer. He did a really good job with what he had, so I'm not too mad at that. But it is what it is. Um, then you have the most improved player, which ended up going to Pascal Siakam, who rightfully so deserved it. Um, even though they base these awards off of the regular season, I'd say Pascal Siakam got this award due to his playoff performance. Um, this award, honestly, I feel like it came down to D'Angelo Russell, who had a really good year, definitely improved a lot, became an All Star. Um, due to the Victor Oladipo injury, but D'Lo was still hooping regardless. D'Angelo Russell had a very good year, led the Nets to the playoffs, but Siakam just had a, also a really good season, and I think his playoff performances really won him this award. I think, you know, what he did throughout the playoffs to help Kawhi um, when he needed him the most, he always showed up, and I think, you know, this was the right pick from the committee to give Pascal Siakam the most improved player award, so shout out to him. Um... Then you have Rookie of the Year. Now, Rookie of the Year, the debate is always crazy intense because it's always multiple candidates. Like last year, we had Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons. This year, we had Trey Young versus Luka Doncic. And they ended up giving the award to Luka. 
and I'm not mad at this pick. As much as I love Trey Young, and I think Trey Young will still be the better player when it's all said and done um, between these two, they're both going to have long, illustrious careers. Don't get it twisted. I think they're both the faces of, of their franchises, respectfully. I think they're going to be very good players in the future, uh, two future All-Stars for sure. But they're rookies too. Um, the thing with Trey is that I love Trey Young. Do not get it twisted. I really love Trey. I love everything about his game. I love watching him at Oklahoma. He didn't really start killing until about midway through the season. Then he really turned it up a notch. Luka played really well all 82 games. I don't think he played all 82 games, but for all the games that he played throughout the year, he had a really good season through and through. Trey, like I said, had a good season halfway through. And like I said, they're rookies. They still have long careers. Rookie of the Year is one award that you only qualify for one season. It's going to be fun. They're both going to have a lot of hardware when it's all said and done, so I'm not worried about it. Luka Doncic is your Rookie of the Year, and deservingly so. Um, so then moving on, we have your sixth man of the year. We pretty much all know who this is. They gave it to the, the sixth man himself, Lou Will. He is now he now has three sixth man of the years, tying for most with the great and legendary Jamal Crawford. Um, I think Lou Will still has I think he can still get one more sixth man of the year. Maybe Jamal can too. We'll see. He's still playing in in the association. But um yeah, man, Lou Will deserved it. Lou Will's been a bucket ever since he walked into the league with the 76ers he just does a little bit of everything he's crafty he's a bucket we've seen what he did to the Warriors um in, in the first round of the playoffs this year I believe they took him to what six games um and Lou Will is just the truth he does everything so we all know Lou Will deserves six man of the year and then finally last but not least you have the most valuable player aka the MVP the league gave it to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Excuse me if I'm not saying that right. But I agree with this. And why do I agree with this? Because, you know, James Harden had a really good season. Don't get it twisted. James Harden has a really good season every single year. But, you know, you can say the same thing for LeBron. LeBron averaged 28, what, 8-8 eight and eight this year. That's MVP-like stats. But you can't really give it to LeBron every single year because then it just gets died down and nobody really cares about it. But LeBron plays like an MVP every year. This year, he didn't really because he didn't make it to the playoffs. But he, like I said, he still averaged 28, 8, and 8. So I can't really get mad at him. Then you have James Harden, who put up multiple 60 balls. Um, you know, team was really down. They lost Clint Capella for a number of games. I believe Chris Paul was out for a number of games. And he still carried him. But Giannis, man, just had... A career year. I didn't necessarily, I didn't look up his stats or nothing like that, but like I said, he led his team to the best record in the NBA, I believe. They played a really good all year long. He was just absolutely dominant throughout the regular season. I remember one of his best games was when he played the 76ers, my 76ers, um, in Milwaukee, and the game was tight. Giannis dropped like 45, I think, and beat, or no, Giannis dropped like 50, I think. I think Embiid had like 45, and they were just going back and forth, and Giannis just looked dominant. Like, nobody in the league could hold him. Even though his lack of jump shooting hurt him throughout the playoffs a little bit, he still was absolutely dominant. He was a force to be reckoned with, and the MVP award, deservingly so, had to go to Giannis. I just felt like he deserved it. He did everything he was supposed to do. He played the game the right way. He didn't sit out too many games, and, you know, he just deserved it, man, so... Credit to Giannis, shout out to Greece. As you can see, you know, 
NBA is definitely a global game. You have Luka winning the Rookie of the Year. He's from Slovenia. You got Rudy Gobert from France. Giannis from Greece and Nigeria slash Nigeria. And so just shout out to the NBA, man. It's expanding. It's turning into a more global game. The world is tuning in. I think it's the world's game now if you ask me. So with that being said, though, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys keep tuning in. Hope you guys like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share, and all those other good things. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a beautiful and blessed rest of y'all days. I will talk to y'all soon. One love, and as always, peace and blessings.